Record now. Yes, doing that. Okay. I'd like to. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Aron, the Psukim. At the end of Perek Lamed Dalid. <laughs> this, uh, these are the last psukim in the parasha of Kitisa. Right, the last psukim in the parasha, I mean, almost the last, almost all of them, but it's, you know, Kitisa is that parasha with the Chaita Egel in it. After the Chaita Egel, after the 40 days that Moshe Rabbeinu spent amongst B'nai Yisrael, right, remember Moshe Rabbeinu came down on the mountain on Shivasa Batamus, on the 17th of Tammuz, which is a well-known date in our calendar today. <coughs> right? And then he stayed down until Rosh Chodesh Elul. Rosh Chodesh Elul, he went up on the mountains for 40, on the mountain for another 40 days and came down again on Yom HaKippurim. From Rosh Chodesh Elul, 40 days, more or less, I mean, if we assume it's sort of like a regular month, so that's 40 days till the 10th of Tishrei is Yom HaKippurim. So the end of the parasha of Kitisa, the end of the parasha of Kitisa, remember, let's try to remember, Yitro is the parasha of the Aserita Dibrot, what we call Matan Torah but which was not about Matan Torah. It was only about the possibility that they could be Matan Torah. In other words, what be, I, I, I have the feeling I'm repeating myself, but okay. If it's all right, it's not so bad. You know. B'nai Yisrael at Har Sinai, what did they get at Har Sinai? They got a little bit of the Aserita Dibrot, which is not the Torah, because the Torah is this fat, and it said that they wrote it just the, the Tupsukim. So what did they get? They got the idea that th- this idea that God wants to give B'nai Yisrael the Torah is true, because who actually gave them the Torah? That was Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on Har Sinai after Rav, Rav Sivan. Now when did he do that? When did he go up on Har Sinai? More or less at the end of the Parashav Mishpatim. Remember Yitro Mishpatim. At the end of Parashav Mishpatim, Moshe Rabbeinu goes up on Har Sinai where he's going to spend 40 days and receive the Torah. Whatever receiving the Torah means. But it includes the Aseret HaDibrot that were chiseled on stone by HaKadosh Baruch that's, that's included in whatever else Moshe Rabbeinu learned on Har Sinai. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai, Shivas of Atamus, right? And he sees what's going on in the Machaneh. He smashes the Luchot, right? He smashes the Luchot. And then he has to take care of B'nai Yisrael. He has to stop them from doing what they are doing. 
And he has to, on the other hand, he has to somehow intervene with HaKadosh Baruch Hu about the future of Jewish history. So he did that in the 40 days that he, that he spent cleaning up the Machana. Now, where is that story told? That story is told in the parasha of Kitisa. So that historically, or in terms of historical continuity, Yitro, Mishpatim, Kitisa. Right? What's in between Mishpatim and Kitisa? True and Tetzava. Right? The Mishkan and the Big Day Kuhuna. Right? How to build the Mishkan, how to build the Big Day Kuhuna. Then after Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from Har Sinai, right? Where does he come down from Har Sinai? Vayakel. Right? Vayakel. That Pasuk Vayakel took place on Yom HaKippurim. On Yom HaKippurim. So, so this whole, all these parashiyot start on Rosh Chodesh Sivan. Right? The Chodesh Ashlishi. Rosh Chodesh Sivan. That's what it says in the parasha of, as it says in the parasha of Yitro. They came to Har Sinai. B'chodesh Ashlishi. Sivan. Then the next date is Vav Sivan. That's the date of the Hitgalut, the awareness that everybody had that the Torah could be given. The next date is maybe the next day when Moshe already goes up at Har Sinai. He comes down 40 days later. 40 days later, Shavasu Batamus. Right? 40 days after, 40 days spades of the Machaneh. 40 days after that, he goes back up on the mountain. That's Rosh Chodesh Elul. He stays there for 40 days and he comes back at Yom HaKippurim. Right? So the parishes are Yitro, Mishpatim, Kitisa, the beginning of uh, Vayakel. Now you have, of course, Truman Tetzaveh that seem to be out of place. They're in the wrong place. And then they are repeated by Vayakel and Pikude that seem to be in the right place. Okay? This is the, this is the second half of the book of the second half of the book of Shemot. Now at the end of Parashav Kitisa, when Moshe Rabbeinu is going up on Har Sinai, the Psukim say this, Vayom Hashem Moshe, Psolecha, Shnei Luchot Avanim Karishonim, Vichatavti Ala Luchot Adberim, Ashayu Ala Luchot Arishonim, Asher Shibarta. Everybody knows this parasha because we read it often during the year. Vayyei Nachon Laboker, Vayyei Nachon Har Sinai, Hashem says to Moshe, you should carve out or chisel out these stones and uh, God will write on these stones that you, you Moshe Rabbeinu, you broke them, which is the way we know the story. Get ready in the morning. did it. Right, so 
לדברים האלו, על פי הדברים האלו קראתי איתך ברית ואת ישראל. I'm sorry, these are the, these are the, the continuation. I mean, did, he didn't make a distinction there. ויאמר השם ומשה, רק תפוסק כף זין. כתוב לך את הדברים האלה, על פי הדברים האלה קראתי איתך ברית ואת ישראל. ויהי שם, ויהי שם עם השם ארבעים יום וארבעים לילה. לכו לא אכל, ומים לא שתה, ויכתוב על הלוחות את דברי הברית, עשרת הדברים. I guess it means that God wrote. על הלוחות, וכתב, ויכתוב על הלוחות, ויכתוב על הלוחות. אוקיי, עשרת הדברים, וירד את משה מהר סיני, שני חוט אבנים ביד משה, בריתו מן ההר, ומשה לא ידע כי קרן אור פניו. This is the end of the parasha, ממש, that Moshe came down from הר סיני, there's this light coming out of his face. I'm not sure that that interests us. Let's, let, let's look at that different part, uh, the, the other psukim. Yeah, I'm sorry, the same page, Dvarim Perik Yud. You see Dvarim Perik Yud? That's really what interests us. Okay. So Moshe Rabbeinu was commanded, Arash Chodesh Elul, to go back up at the Har Sinai to take with him two luchot, two luchot avanim, two stones that he had carved out, And then HaKadosh Baruch Hu will write on those stones whatever was written on the first stones that Moshe Rabbeinu broke. Now look at this. Dvarim Perik Yud. Right, Dvarim, this is the parish of Ekev. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the story. Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the story of Matan Torah. Right, in the beginning of, the, of Dvarim. Listen to what it says. Ba'etahi amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu elai. He's telling the story. And you should make a wooden ark. So Rashi says, you see the Rashi Baitahi, Like what 40 days are we talking about? The 40 days until Rosh Chodesh Elul. Right from Shivasa Betabas until Yashchadeli, Hakadosh Baruch Hu said, "Okay, I'll do it your way." It was one Hakadosh Baruch Hu thought. What was the thought in heaven to destroy Am Yisrael and to start over again with Moshe Rabbeinu? But Moshe Rabbeinu said, "No, that's not what we should do." And so, and, and so Rashi says, in the name of Moshe Rabbeinu, "Nitratzeli, v'amali psolecha." And afterwards, he told me, make this ark. And I made, I, Moshe Rabbeinu said, my Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'm going to make the Aron first. When I come back down from the mountain and I have the luchot, where will I put them? Where will I put them? I mean, eventually, where will he put them? He will put them in the Aron that Betzalel makes for the Mishkan. But when he comes down from the mountain... That Aron has not yet been built. 
So Moshe Rabbeinu says, here's Rashi's quoting Moshe, is speaking in the name of Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, what will I do with the Luchot when I come down from Har Sinai? This time they're not going to break. This time I'm not going to break them. Right? So he says, Velo zehu haron el. Rashi. This is not the Aaron that Bitzalel is going to make. Sharei Mishkan lo nitaskubo ad After all, they didn't start building the Mishkan until after Yom HaKippurim. What is Yom HaKippurim? What is Yom HaKippurim in this context? The day that Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai. So when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai, he told B'nai Yisrael, you better start building the Mishkan. So if they started at that minute, they didn't have the Aron. They didn't have the Aron on that day. So he says, Ki It's only after Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai and Yom Kippurim that he could command them to make a Mishkan. Mishkan and you all know, everybody knows that first Betzalel reversed the order. Even though the order in Truman Tetzava is that first they told us about the, the Torah tells us about the Kalim. Right? The Aron and the Shulchan and the Menorah. And then how to build the Mishkan. But Betzalel did it the opposite way. He first he built the Mishkan and then he built the, the Kalim. So it must be that this Aron in Perek Yud in Dvarim is a different Aron. <coughs> and this Aron would go out with B'nai Yisrael to the battle. And the one that Bitzalel made did not go out with them to war. But that was the golden Aron that stayed in the Mishkan or then to the Beit HaMikdash and didn't go out. Elabi Me'eli, as you know, there was a story, the days of Eli, Shiloh, V'nenshu, Alav, V'nishba. And the punishment was that the Aron was captured by the Philistines. Right? That's a different, that's a different story. So Rashi, Rashi tells us a story. And the story that Rashi tells us is that in Perek Yud, in Dvarim, Moshe Rabbeinu is instructed by a Baruch Hu to make an ark. To make an ark out of wood. And this is in distinction from the ark in the Mishkan, which was an ark made out of, out of gold. How did you make an ark out of gold? You made a golden box, right? And you put inside of it a wooden box so that it would remain sturdy. And you put inside of that a golden box. So this aron that Moshe Rabbeinu made was just made out of, out of uh, uh, wood. Now what was its purpose according to Rashi? The purpose of this aron? Uh, Moshe Rabbeinu would come down from Har Sinai, he would have these luchot, he's carrying these luchot. And the Mishkan would not be built in a day. It would take some period of time. During that period of time, 
where did he put the Luchot? He put the Luchot in this Aron of Eitz. That's Rashi's, that's Rashi's position. And then he says, that this Aron, the Aron of Eitz that Moshe Rabbeinu made, remained the home of the Shivrei Luchot. I'm sorry, it doesn't say that. This Aron, this wooden Aron, which was the house of the Luchot for some period of time, was the Aron remained with B'nai Yisrael, even though the Luchot were moved the move to the to the uh, regular Aron. This Aron was the Aron that went out with B'nai Yisrael and Milchama. That's what Rashi says. In other words, the fact that the Aron might go out with B'nai Yisrael to Milchama was fine. That made sense, but not the the Aron that was in the Mishkan. Or in the Beit HaMikdash. The Aron that was in the Beit HaMikdash had to stay in the Beit HaMikdash. It could not be taken, could not be taken away. So Rashi says, Rashi says, you know this Aron that's mentioned in this Pasuk? Well, it's an Aron. It's a wooden Aron. And it's a wooden Aron that was necessary in order that there be a place for the Luchot when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai. And all of that actually makes sense. The only thing that Rashi does not explain to us is why this is not mentioned in the parasha of Kitisa. If you look back at the parasha of Kitisa at the end, or at the beginning, you see Shemot Perik Lamedalit, Hashem says to Moshe, So there's no mention Right, there's no mention of a of an Aron. This is when, in other words, Perik Lamed is when it happened, and Perik Yud and Dvarim is Moshe Rabbeinu telling the story of what happened. So when Moshe Rabbeinu tells the story of what happened, he talks about the Aron Ha'etz. But when the Torah tells us what actually happened, the Torah leaves out the story of the Aron Ha'etz. That question, it's a question, no? I mean, how come? But that question is not dealt with by Rashi. Okay? Rashi doesn't say a thing about that question. Uh, let's look at this Yerushalmi. Now, now, this question is brought up in, in rabbinic sources, in the, in the Medrashim and in the, the Gemara, the Gemara Sota in several places. But we'll look at the, uh, we'll look at this Yerushalmi. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish Omer, Titani, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish Omer, Shnei Aronot Ayum Halchin Im Yisrael Bamidbar. This is what Rashi said. There were two arks that traveled with B'nai Yisrael in the Midbar. Echad sh'ayta ha-Torah netunabo, v'echad sh'ayu shivrei haluchot munachim b'tocho. So what does that mean? Sh'ayta Torah netunabo? What was the Torah 
that was in the Aron? Well, there was the Luchot, and there were the Shivrei Luchot, according to that Gemara that we once learned, plus, plus the Sefer Torah. The Sefer Torah, which either was inside the Aron or on a shelf outside of the Aron. Uh, but there's no argument that the Sefer Torah was in that ark. Was in that ark. So that's what he says. Shaita Torah mitunabo vechad shayu shivrei aluchot munachim bitocho. So one ark had the whole Torah, right? That means the luchot and the Sefer Torah. The other Aaron had Shivrei Haluchot in it, which actually makes some sort of sense, I guess. Zeshaita Torah Netuna Betocha Hayanatun Beoel Moed. The one that had the Torah in it, that's Bitzalel's Aaron, the golden Aaron. Where was that? Where was that placed? It was placed in the Oel Moed. Oel Moed was the centerpiece of the Mishkan, of the tabernacle, right? The, the Holy of Holies is in the Oel, is in the Oel Moed. Hadu dichtiv aron brit Hashem u'moshe lomashu mikerev hamachaneh. So the aron and Moshe lomashu mikerev hamachaneh means in the midst of the machaneh. So they were in the Oel Moed. So where's that one? Where's the ark that had the broken Luchot in it? Where's that to be found? Haya nechnas v'yotzei imahem. Haya nechnas v'yotzei imahem. I don't know exactly what that means, but usually we say our wars. You know, Yotzei la milchama. Nechnas means to come back from the milchama. So whenever the people would go out from the camp and come back to the camp, so this other Aaron would go with them. So who does this sound like? Sounds like Rashi, right? I mean, it sounds exactly like Rashi. Virabaran Amre. Right, you have a Jew, you have to have somebody who disagrees. So Rabbanan Amri means in disagreement with Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish. Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish is Rashi. But the Rabbanan, they disagree. Rabbanan Amri Echadaya. Echadaya means there was only one Aaron at the end of, at the, end of the day. Just one. Knows that ark only once left the Mishkan in the days of Eli. They went out to war against the Pelishtim. The Pelishtim, they took the ark with them and the ark was captured. If you remember that story. The ark was captured and there was a hole to do. But there's only one ark, according to Rabbanon. So the ark that was captured was the ark that was supposed to be in the middle of the Mishkan or in the Beit HaMikdash. Right? It was, it, we happen to be talking about Shiloh. We happen to be talking about Eli. 
But it doesn't matter. The same idea. The Pasuk defends or justifies Rabbanan. Rabbanan who said, what did they say? There's only one ark. This is a Pasuk. You see the Pasuk on page 3, Shmuel Aleph, page Perak Dalit. Right, you see? This ark that you see, the picture of the ark is the picture of the ark in the Beit HaMikdash. Right? This is a picture by the, you can get from the Temple Institute online. You can see all these pictures, they're very nice. I don't know if they're accurate or if it's true or anything like that, but they're very nice pictures. So, for most people that's good enough. They, they, they captured the ark, but they were afraid because God had come to the Machaneh. Rashi says, Al Yamsuf, Yonatan di Tir game, it's too, doesn't matter to us. Miatzilenum Yada Lokima di Rima Eile, Vashaim Elohim Elohim Amakim et Mitzrayim, because Makab, because Makosha, you are Mitzrim, heavy yam, Veno od Makab, Meatan. So either they thought that the ark was the, the symbol of divine victory, or it was the symbol that God had used all the possible tricks that he could use. But in any event, the Chachamim think that this is a proof that there was only one. That the Pelishtim referred to the Ark as being the one Ark, the, the only Ark, the Ark with all of this, with all of this power. So now we go back to the Yushalmi. Karaya Yudan ben Lakish. You see, it's in the fifth line. There's another Pasuk that seems to be in with Rabbi Yehuda ben Lakish. Vayom Shaul Achia Hagisha What? Yeah. I think, I think the way it means is that this is the indication of the power of God on the one hand. Or it's the indication that, the, that God's power has been used up. But in any event, it's equal to God. It's equal to God. So there couldn't be another one. That, that's the, the point that the Pelishtim make about this, this Arof. The second thing in the Yerushalmi is, Karaya Messiah Rabbonon, no, Karaya Messiah Rabbiudan ben Lakish, Vamar Shaul Hagisha Aron Elokim, right? So, uh, you see in the second postage on page three, Vayom Shaul Achia, Shiloni. Hagisha Aron HaElokim Hagisha Aron HaElokim So it can't be Aron HaElokim as you see from the Psukim because the Aron HaElokim was in Kiryat Yarim It was someplace else Ki Aya Aron HaElokim Bayom Ahu 
Rashi says, you see Rashi, Mikracha Seir, Teva Achat, Kaya Reda Likim Sham, Bayomahu. That, so I don't want to get involved in the, too much in this idea. And Rashi, Rashi says that sometimes words are missing. If somebody's a Balkore, the words are missing from the text of the Tanakh. Is somebody a Balkore? What happened? Used to be said, somebody a sofa, nobody raised their hands. Balkore, everybody raised their hands. Today it's the opposite. You say, somebody a sofa, everybody raises their hands. In Megillat Rut, there are missing words. The word Eli, for example, is missing several times. It's just missing. But you read it. It's not a Kriyuch thief. It's not written one way and you read another way. It's just not there. So there are examples in the Tanakh of missing words. So Rashi says he is straight-faced. He doesn't get excited about it. And he says... Uh, the word is, the pasuk doesn't make any sense unless you add a word. What word do you have to ask? Look at the pasuk. Right? You, 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 you work it out somehow that, that the Aaron was not there. So that means there was only one. That's, I'm, I'm sorry, that means that there could be two. That's the raya for Rabona. The Aron, the regular Aron was not there, but they asked for what was in the Aron. So that's what, uh, that's what, uh, that's Rabona. Then we say, My Avdin or Rabonin, Ayan Echnis. Alright, so we don't have to do the end of the, uh, the end of the, but we see, we see an interesting thing. That the Torah leaves out any mention of the Arona Eitz in the parish of Kitisa and only mentions it in the parish of Ekev, which is the parish in which Moshe Rabbeinu tells the story. So that clearly making this Aron Eitz was not such an important event. However, since the Arod Eitz is mentioned in Dvar and Paragyud, it's reasonable that Chazal would think about what happened to it. Was it thrown away? Was it destroyed? Or was it used for something? What were the dimensions? What? what were the dimensions? We don't know. Whatever Moshe Rabbeinu did, whatever he made, those were the dimensions. But of course, he knew the dimensions of the Aron of the Mishkan, so that if it were true that what he did had the same dimensions, it would not be so unreasonable. Right? It would not be unreasonable to say. And that brings us to the Ramban. So we have to learn this Ramban at least uh, somewhat. Vasita lecha Aron You see the Ramban on page 2? Shetasim haluchot b'tocho be'et shetereid. That's what the, that's what the, how the, v'tam, v'asidol aron eitcha, t'asim haluchot v'tocho, v'eitcha tereit. So here the Ramban is going to talk about this aron. And the Ramban says this, v'ya aron azekulo eitzhu, 
והמכסה אשר עליו מלמעלה כמנהג בכל הארונות. On the Aron that Bitzalel was going to build, the Aron that's described in the parasha of Truma, there's a special covering for the Aron, which has a name. What is it called? What's the special covering of the Aron? Kaporet. Right, Kaporet. Now, what's the Kaporet? Huh? It's, it's a Kli. It's something separate. It's, it, in other words, you don't have to build an Aron that way. You could have an Aron with doors. But this Aron didn't have doors. It had a top, like, a, like some kind of a jug. And the Kaporet was fashioned in a special way. And after you put into the Aron whatever you want to put into the Aron, you covered it with, a, with the Kaporet. But here, the Ramban says... This was made like an aron. How do you make an aron? You make a box, and the front is open. And then in the front you put a door. So I think that's what the Ramban means. It wasn't made like the aron in the Mishkan. It was made like a regular aron. Like a regular aron kiminhag bichol ha'aronot. And the Luchot would be put there until the Mishkan would be built. And then, afterwards, I mean, after Moshe Avedu came down from Har Sinai, they made the uh, Aron that was made out of gold, and then the Kaporet, that would cover it, all out of pure gold. Oh, the Ramban says, but this was not what God commanded him to do in the Luchot Arishonot. When Moshe Rabbeinu went up in Har Sinai the first time, and he came down with the Luchot, he didn't have an ark to put the Luchot into. He broke them. He broke them on the floor. There was no ark in the first story. What do you say about that? What do the words mean? God knew that Moshe Rabbeinu would have to break the Luchot. And since he knew that, he didn't command Moshe Rabbeinu to make an ark. Okay, that's what the words say. But what does that mean? Does that mean something? Mm-hmm. What? Where were they? I guess wherever they were broken. It's like a pile. So the pshat is like this. The pshat is like this. The aron, the aron is a place. And if you put the luchot into an aron, it's you're putting them into their proper place. Who are the recipients of the aserat that they brought? Who are the recipients? 
who are the recipients? It's not a secret thing. B'nai Yisrael, right? B'nai Yisrael are the recipients. So you have to give them to B'nai Yisrael. You can't just have that everybody run around with a rock. So you put it in a place, which is the place of B'nai Yisrael. It's a place that belongs to B'nai Yisrael. What was that place? In the second time Moshe Rabbeinu came back from Har Sinai, it was the Luchot. God said, make a place for the Luchot, which will be the place of B'nai Yisrael, until you build the Mishkan. That's what HaKadosh Baruch said. But why did Moshe Rabbeinu break the Luchot? What? See, Shalom Yankov has heard me say this before. But it's correct nonetheless. Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchot because he had no place to put them. And no one to give them to. And therefore the Aron is counterindicated. He wouldn't want an Aron. And so what is it that God knew? God knew that Moshe Rabbeinu would find that he had no one to give the Luchot to and break them. And therefore there could not be there could not be an Aron. There could not be a wooden Aron for the Luchot when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai. What? Why didn't you just put him on the ground? Why do you have to break him? What do you think? <laughs> no, it's not, that's not a good reason. Moshe Rabbeinu only got once, angry once. Right, that's what he was angry. Here he wasn't angry. Here he was doing the right thing. What? He what? He's good. I, I, I don't hear. It's my he fault. Needs it he needs what? The, uh, the Aron. No. No, no, he had an Aron. They put it in a bag. He got a bag from some Svarim store. And he put the Luchot into the bag. I mean, not because he didn't have a place. But if it was a prepared place, that prepared place would belong to B'nai Yisrael. It would be its proper place. But there was no proper place for the Luchot that he broke. It doesn't mean that he didn't put them someplace. It doesn't mean that there's no box that he put the, that he didn't put them into a box. He could have put them into a box. But he didn't. But it's not mentioned because it's not putting them in their place. And that's what the Ramban says. Uh, the time, I mean, I, I mean, maybe this is strange to say that God knew that he was going to break them, and therefore he did, but, but the idea is not a strange idea. That the Luchot didn't have a place. A what? I mean, from God. That God worked for nothing. But they Israel, the Jewish people are a problematic group. They make trouble for everybody. Friend and foe alike. You take the kaporet, put it on the aron, meaning the Torah. You'll put the Torah into the aron. At that time, the Torah was the Aser that they wrote. But by the end of the 38 years, it became also the scroll of the Torah. 
Asher Tene Lecha. And this is the only reasonable way to understand the Psukim. Line 21. Moshe Rabbeinu told him to build a Mishkan. This is all Rashi. That's all Rashi. So now, Rashi, of course, we now know is based on the Yerushalmi, on the Gemara. But he says that there are two Aronot. What does Divrei Agadah mean? What do you think it means? What? Right. In other words, it's an extra level of interpretation. But it's not nothing to do with what the Psukim say. So the Ramban is, is saying that Rashi didn't get it. Even though Rashi himself is committed to Pshat, in this particular case, he was not uh, on top of it. He was not on top of it. The Ramban is being a little bit of... Uh, one of those contentious students. He says, okay, so then they took the Luchot out of this Aron and put them into B'Tzalel's Aron. So what happened to it? What happened to this wooden Aron? Uh, and why should that Aron go out to war with them? But it's only a one, it's a single opinion that says that these Luchot, that the Shivrei Luchot were in this Aron. Shekach Shaninim Aseret Shkalim, another Yerushalmi, Tanya, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Eloyo, we have Rabbi Yehuda ben, yeah, ben Lakish. Here it says Rabbi Yehuda ben Eloy. Echad Shayu Shivrei Aluchot Munachim Bovachulei, that there were two Aronot. One was the Aron that B'tzalel built, which had the Luchot in it. And the other is the Aron that Moshe built that had Shivreya Luchot in it. Line 35. He says that even though it's true, there is an opinion that says there were two Aronot, but there were many other Gemaras that disagree. It says several times in the Gemara, as we saw, that Luchot v'shivrei Luchot munachim ba'aron. And that's how the Machlokas was generated about whether the Sefer Torah is also in the Aron or on a shelf outside of the Aron, whether it was big enough to hold the Luchot, the Shivrei Luchot, and the Sefer Torah. That's the, that's the question. Um, uh, line 39 so what they do with this Aron if it had Shivrei Luchot in it where they keep it 
Where did they keep it? Keep it Mishkan, Bebeit Kodshei Kodashim, Lachar Parochet, Ain't Sham Shnei Aronot. He says, according to the way we understand the setup in the, in the inner sanctum, the Kodesh Kodashim, there's only one Aron. There aren't two Aronot. Ain't the Varkaze. Line 42. V'chein Shlomo lo echnis lebeit Kodshei Kodashim el Aron Echad. אבל ארון הזה של משה כשנעשה ארונו של בצלאל גנזוהו כדין תשמישי קדושה. There's the Ramban. The Ramban cannot believe that anybody would say there were two ארונות. Because after all, after all, how many ארונות were instructed for B'nai Yisrael to make only one. Only once. You could say that the Aron, as we spoke of once, was the Leiv HaMishkan. It was the heart of the Mishkan. And so, it would turn out that because of the Chaita Egel, there would be a double Aron. That's something the Ramban couldn't put up with. Even though clearly there is such an opinion in Chazal that there were two Aronot. The Rabban says, I don't care if there was such an opinion, it's a dat yachid, it's dat right, I disagree, I look at this. What do you say about this? Well, what did they do with the Aron after the Beit HaMikdash was built? There's no room to put it in the Kodesh Kodashim. What's this business about going out to war with an Aron? You know, like they say, it's not the Jewish thing to do. Did Moshe Rabbeinu go out with an Aron when they fought against Amalek? Did they go with the Aron when they fought against Sichon and Og? What, what, what is this all about according to the Ramban? So obviously it must be that the Luach, that the Aron Ha'etz was a temporary structure. It was like an extra filling bag. You know, like you're giving your old filling bag to be fixed up, you have another filling bag. So when you get your tefillin back, back, what do you say? Oh, you know, it's not nothing, this tefillin back that I use temporarily, but it's not a, such a big deal. So the Ramban says, Kedin What do they do with it? Uh, What's Ganzuhu mean? They put it in the Geniza. They put it in the Geniza. I mean, putting in these is very nice compared to throwing it with the old spaghetti. But, uh, but still, it's not an honored position. It means you had it. That's the end of the road. That's what Geniza is. So the Ramban says, Ganzu, Kedin Tashmishe Kedusha. Vizel Anachol Adatra Botanica, Derhapshat Yitachain, Kivasiti Laharon Eitz, Yemoz Laharon Shasabit Salel. He says, it could be that the Aron Eitz that Moshe Rabbeinu was instructed to make, Yermoz, Laron Shasab B'Tzalel, has some connection to the Aron, so it had to be the same size. If it has a connection, why? How does, what's the, what does he say? V'zel ki mitchila nitztavam Moshe ala mishkan v'kelav, v'aitam mitzvah rishonah v'asu Aron atzei shitim, ki hii kara kavana, b'lo ha-mishkan liyot ha-shev yoshev ha-kruvim, Vachrechein asata egel, Hashem nitratza, Hashem 
למשה ואמר לו שיכתוב על לוחות האלו במכתב הראשון, סיבל בקצרה שיעשה ללוחות האלו, הלא רון עץ, היא המצווה לו ללוחות הראשונות, והנה יזכיר לו המצווה הראשונה שבעניין המשכן ושהכל תלוי בה, ומזה למד משה לעשות המשכן מכליו כאשר נצטווה מתחילה. So that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu that everything is more or less okay. As Moshe Rabbeinu goes up to get the Luchot the second time, to get the Torah. Everything is more or less okay. How does, how does HaKadosh Baruch Hu say that? He says, prepare the wooden part of the Aron. Which is the wooden part of the Aron? The, in, the inside, right? There's the gold and the wood and the gold. Prepare the wooden part. And then, and then you'll have a place to put the luchot. And when they make the aron, so you'll use, that'll be the aron. You'll have the wooden aron ready and they'll just make the gold. The gold inside and the gold outside. And then the kaporet is also made out of gold. They'll have that all ready. And it was as though HaKadosh Baruch was saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, who knew about the Mishkan, right? How did Moshe Rabbeinu know about the Mishkan? Truma and Tetzaveh. Moshe Rabbeinu already taught the Mishkan. So what was it that Moshe Rabbeinu was nervous about? And what was it that HaKadosh Baruch put his mind at ease about? Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know, okay, the Jews were saved. They were going to go on to Eretz Yisrael. But what is their status before God? Is it the same? Or is it radically changed? So you know that in the parasha of Truma, the first Kli that is described as being part of the Mishkan is what? Is the Aron. And so by HaKadosh Baruch Hu saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, make it our own. Remez, the same size and the same width as the Aron that Bitzalel is going to finish. So the Remez to Moshe Rabbeinu when he went up on Har Sinai was that all is going to be the same. Maybe not all. But in terms of the Mishkan, it'll all be the same. And that's why the Mishkan had to be reiterated twice. It didn't have to. That's a reason for its iteration. So, uh, Mizel Ahmad Moshe, 68. Mizel Ahmad Moshe, Lassot HaMishkan, V'Kailav, Kasher Nistavah B'Chila, V'Yid Perush, V'Yusham, Kasher Tzivani Hashem, Sh'ayusham La'ad, L'Olam, that the Luchot would be in this Aron. כאשר ציווהו השם מתחילה, ועל הארון תיתן את העדות אשר יתן אליך ונועדתי שם ודיברתי איתך. והנה, ברידתו, הניח הלוחות בעול מועד, עד שיעשה הארון והמשכן, כי אילו לא שבר הלוחות הראשונות בעול מועד, יהיו עד עשות בצלל הארון. וכן שברי הלוחות, על כורחנו היו שם, כי לא החזירם עמו להר. I mean, there's no other place for them to be except in this ארון that Moshe Rabbeinu made. 
So that the that uh, the Ramban, the Ramban is interested in us believing that there was only one Aron, and that was the Aron that was started by Moshe Rabbeinu and finished by Betzalel, and in that Aron were the Luchot and Shivrei Luchot, Luchot and Shivrei uh, Luchot. Uh, line sixty-eight. so you see, you see that uh, the Rabban teaches us several, several things. That the reason that the Aron Eitz is not mentioned in the parasha of Kitisa is because it is mentioned in the parasha of Kitisa. In the parasha of Kitisa, it's stated clearly that B'Tzalel was expected to build the Mishkan, including the clay Mishkan. And since the Aron Eitz that Moshe Rabbeinu made was the Aron of the Mishkan, according to, according to the Ramban, it's kind of mentioned. It's kind of mentioned there. When Moshe Rabbeinu tells the story in Dvarim of the conversation that he had with the Kodesh Bohu, since the Kodesh Bohu mentioned the Aron Eitz, he also, he also mentions the Aron Eitz. So we have to summarize in this way, that you have an interesting, uh, an interesting conversation between Tanaim, Rabbanon and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that there were two Aronot, and the Rabbanon said there was only one. The, the Ramban, the Rashi says, two Aronot. He picks the two Aronot uh, because it's easier to explain what the Aron Eitz is if you have two Aronot. The Ramban, the Ramban thinks that if the Aron was really the repository of the Luchot, there couldn't have been two of them. Because that would negate the idea of Matan Torah. Because one of the ideas in Matan Torah is what's written in the first Diber, Anochi Hashem Elokecho. And if it's, a, if it's Anochi Hashem Elokecho, that's the lesson. It's inconceivable to the Ramban that the Luchot and the Shivrei Luchot would say the same thing. One is broken and the other is whole. 
But they say the same thing would be housed in two different places. So he thinks Pshita that the Gemaras that say Luchot or Shirei Luchot were found in the Aron. He says that's the only thing that could possibly make sense. There's no other, there's no other possibility. And therefore, the Aron that Moshe Rabbeinu was instructed to build, according to the Ramban, was the Aron of the Mishkan. And it was finished eventually by Bitzalel. And into the Aron, you put the uh, Luchot and the Shivrei Luchot, and eventually the Sefer Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu, that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, uh, wrote. So you see that uh, the, the question of where to put the Luchot after Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Har Sinai was itself a question. And the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchot, as we mentioned, was because there was no place to put them. And when Moshe Rabbeinu went up the second time, Hashem said to Moshe Rabbeinu, build an ark, because this time there will certainly be a place to put the Luchot, a place that belongs to everybody, to all of Klal Yisrael. Have a good Shabbos. Good Shabbos. Yeah. Right, right, couldn't get a credit card. <laughs> Big rich means sort of independent. But you don't know, no, I'm saying wealth makes you independent. You're not dependent. Right, so that was a condition of being a Navi. I'm not uh What do I do with this? Since it's good, I can't get another window.